Hey, how you living? How you doing? Hey, 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 hey. Hope you guys had an amazing weekend. It is Lefko and Ingber. Hey, Ingber, how are you? How are you doing, Lefko? Uh, we are going to review my quarterback rankings as it comes to stepdads. We are going to talk some whoa big off seasons. Whoa! We have a lot of new audio. I'm waiting for the music to go down. <laughs> uh, but to be honest, I know that you guys are seeing whether it's YouTube headline or it's the iPod or the podcast, whatever it is, Michael Vick. And I have decided that instead of doing 20 minutes of us talking and then Michael Vick, it was such an enjoyable conversation that I don't want to wait any longer. Yeah, I don't want to. I'm saving you your thumbs from having to just skip, 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 skip right yeah. to Michael Vick. Let's just get to it. I mean, at one point in the middle of this, I looked at him and I went, can I talk to you about prison? And like, I had told you beforehand that I wanted to, and you were, I was nervous, but he was down. What I told you is exactly what was true, which is that like, I think a lot of people are fascinated by his time in prison, that if he's willing to talk about it, it would be really interesting. I just don't know if I personally would have the balls to look him in the <laughs> eye and be like, hey, can we talk about this? But you did. And so. he was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then at the end, he calls me the homie. So here is Mike Vick. Enjoy this interview. And then we'll be back with the quarterback rankings and we'll big off season right after this. had an amazing weekend. It is Lefko and Ingber. Hey, Ingber, how are you? How are you doing, Lefko? Uh, we are going to review my quarterback rankings as it comes to stepdads. We are going to talk some whoa big off seasons. Whoa! We have a lot of new audio. I'm waiting for the music to go down. <laughs> uh, but to be honest, I know that you guys are seeing whether it's YouTube headline or it's the iPod or the podcast, whatever it is, Michael Vick. And I have decided that instead of doing 20 minutes of us talking and then Michael Vick, it was such an enjoyable conversation that I don't want to wait any longer. Yeah, I don't want to. I'm saving you your thumbs from having to just skip, 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 skip right yeah. to Michael Vick. Let's just get to it. I mean, at one point in the middle of this, I looked at him and I went, can I talk to you about prison? And like I had told you beforehand that I wanted to. And you were, I was nervous, but he was down. What I told you is exactly what was true, which is that, like, I think a lot of people are fascinated by his time in prison, that if he's willing to talk about it, it would be really interesting. I just don't know if I personally would have the balls to look him in the <laughs> eye and be like, hey, can we talk about this? But you did. And so. he was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then at the end, he calls me the homie. So here is Mike Vick. Enjoy this interview. And then we'll be back with the quarterback rankings and we'll big off season right after this. Okay. Little West Coast feel. Hey. Yeah. You like it? I would love to hear what Nate spit on it, though. Uh, it's, it was pretty good. <laughs> the thing about, you know this, when people start to freestyle, your first thought is, okay, how much of that was written down ahead of time? Right, right, yeah, yeah, because, I mean, a lot of it is probably... But what I appreciate about Nate is Nate will go, like, look at things in the studio. And that's when you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, if he can pick something, like, off the wall, off the yeah. table, water, you know, I got a water, cup of water. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, I, I got my water in my cup. When she walks in, I make it just shut up, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know. We got Michael yeah. Vick in the building. I, I told him that the beat was going to be good. He said, maybe I'll freestyle. The beat was nice, maybe. man. It was Rod well put Simba. together. Yeah. Sound good. 33%. I can I can write something to it. I can't freestyle to it. So you're a writer. Yeah, man. Are you like I'm, a Marshall I'm the Mathers? I put, the, I, put the, I put the thoughts on down on paper. Are you like on the team bus, head up against the window, just putting them down? Yeah, it all depends on where. Yeah. What's sort the cool? Of. Have you ever been in the studio with like people that could really do it? Because um, yeah, I have to I imagine mean, you got invited to I, some sessions. I can't remember ever sitting down like for a whole session. Yeah. Like somebody putting a song together. I think I've been in there when guys was like, they was just messing around. Yeah. But you know, legit rappers. They wasn't on. Yeah. Like who we talking about? Mainstream stages. Some boys from the hood. <laughs> you. Yeah. Some of the homies. You know what's funny though is like if you said someone's name, they'd be like, "Damn, Mike Vick really appreciated that one time he was in the studio with me." Yeah. Well, 
I don't know, man. You know, I never really spent time in, in the studio. I probably have, just can't yeah, recollect yeah. right now. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I walked into a studio one time, and Allen Iverson was there. And he said that my boy looked like Keith Van Horn. And yeah. it was like one of the greatest moments of my oh, life. Oh, for real? Yeah, because like... Just for him paying attention. Because like, it, you, we walked into a studio and like music was bumping and AI turned around and I'm like a 15-year-old yeah. kid in Philly. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I didn't grow up on Jordans, I grew up on Iversons. Yeah. So I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. That was I mean, I knew you grew up on Iverson, moment. though. Yeah, he really... I mean, we're from the same neighborhood, yeah. so we always see each other back at, you know, back home and... Off seasons. I saw that. Uh, I saw his football clip started making the rounds again, and then everyone started. I just talking seen about that. AI, yeah, recently. I think player. somebody posted someone his birthday. Yeah, he had he had game, man. He Did had he? Game. He chose the right sport, though. He chose the right sport. I mean, obviously, one ninety soaking wet. Holy crap! In his prime. In his prime. Yeah, he looked good. He looked better on the basketball court. Um. Your life right now, man, you're doing the TV thing. Uh, I know that you're still doing your speaking tour. You're working with the American Flag Football League. Yeah. Had their big championships going to be this weekend. Yeah. Um, how's life? How you man, feeling, life man? life is good, man. You know, how's I got to give a shout-out to my wife, Kiafa, my kids, Jada London, Mateus, my one-year-old son, Michael Vick Jr. Wow. Um, everybody's doing good, man. Life is great. You got a junior now. Yeah, I got a junior. We started all over. Keeps us young. Congratulations, young. man. But, yeah, man, just that. And got the speaking tour that we putting together, playing a little flag football to stay in shape. Yeah, 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 we yeah. got the championships this week, so very interested to see how that's going to go. Does Michael Vick ever get out of shape? Like, it's got to be hard for you to get out of shape. I mean, I can get out of shape, you know, if I go like a month and a half just eating, you know, I get out of shape in a day and, and a cheese half. Cheese fries and, yeah. you know, just going ham for no reason. <laughs> I can do that with my wife sometimes. She she love to eat good food, I, and I'm I, right there with her. Dude, I'm just saying. Every time, I, every time I see you, though, I'm like, he can play in the NFL right now. Mike can get. I mean, for Zeke wise, that'll never get out of place. I yeah. don't think. You know, what I mean, I mean, to toot my own horn, but I'm physically gifted. So yeah, yeah, man. I, so it don't take much, like. 20, 20 push-ups, 20 sit-ups, and they, you know, and you back. start to see some bowls. That's crazy, start man. Start to see a little bowl. So, that's yeah, not that's fair. Cool. That's yeah, not I know fair. it ain't fair, man. But no, no, it's very fair. It's it's no, it's fair. Yeah. It's fair. It's fair in my world. <laughs> that's what I'm saying because I remember when you came to the Eagles. You know, you just come from prison. You go to the Eagles, and it was like, yeah, like the shout speed was the, there, yeah. the arm was shout there. Out the yeah. I mean, Kevin Cobb, and I was like, "Get him out of here! It's Vic time, man!" Like yeah. it was unbelievable. Kevin was my boy, man. And the thing I like about that whole dynamic was that we complimented each other, we sure. supported each other all the way through. Like when I got hurt three or four weeks in, yeah, Kev stepped in. I supported him. Like it was a good relationship, and, and we, that's uh, rare sometimes for a quarterback room. Yeah, it, it, I mean, especially when somebody go down and got take their position. Oh, dude. You know. Also, think about this. If Let's say you could have probably still been playing backup quarterback in the NFL for five, six years, but we know the truth. And the truth is, is if at training, at training camp, your ball has more zip than the starter, yeah. and then there's a little bit of issues in week two or three, Man, I always, it's Mike Vick yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, that, that, you're, you're that too was much sort of a threat case, man. Almost. It was just too much of a threat. Like I used to talk it over with my agent all the time. We used to always talk about it, just how... Like, anywhere I went, it don't matter. The minute I step on the practice field and start looking like, you Mike know, what Fick, people yeah. used to seeing, yeah. then it's like to the crowd and the fans, the last thing you want is a we want Vic chant when things oh, not. So it, it became a a burden on me, a distraction, and it kind of hindered my career a little bit. But I actually always tell my wife about that. It's the like, truth, though. Like, yeah, it's the truth. It's the truth behind it. There, there's a reason why the backup quarterbacks in the NFL, and this yeah. is no slight to them, yeah, because because they're probably helping out the starting quarterback. But the the Matt Schaub's, the Ryan Fitzpatrick's, yeah. they're non-threatening. Some quarterbacks don't want a guy behind them that you know can probably take their position or go in and play as well as they can. I mean, is that why you and Ben were able to work out? Yeah, because Ben was so confident in himself that Ben wasn't – he's not worried about anything. Like, he encourages – like, when they made the move to bring in Mason Rudolph, Ben wasn't upset about them bringing in Mason Rudolph. It was more so about, yeah, we could – that's a good pick, but I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. We could have used that pick on on the receiver or – Give me a receiver. Give me a pass rusher. So it wasn't about – it's never been about – 
who's behind him. Mm. You know, he he always keeps his head straight forward. He He's going to have to keep his head straight forward. The whole A-B thing, the Le'Veon thing, as someone that was in that locker room, what was that like to watch, man? I mean, it was special because it was, it was like seeing the big three all over again when you had Aikman, Irvin, and, and, and Emmett. But I mean what happened this past offseason. A.B. with I the mean, gold mustache, going to Oakland. Well, yeah, I mean. You know all those Weird. Like, you almost have to be in the locker room to know. Like, at the end of the day, you got an eight-year veteran, a six-year veteran, and an 11-year veteran. And couldn't seem to work together anymore. Um, but it's a bunch of different moving parts, man. Guys want more money, big yeah. contracts. The guy think he's open, he's not, or... <laughs> He's open. You don't see him. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, one guy wants the ball way more than you – know, Le'Veon's situation, we understand. He's yes. a running back. He's, he's getting abused each and every play. He deserves – Get the guaranteed every, money. Every dime that, that's coming to him. And that he should get, you know, for you know for the services. But, yeah, it's, it's just good to see the Pittsburgh landing on their feet. Antonio landing on his feet and yeah. Le'Veon. So it worked out for everybody. Um, one of my favorite shows on TV is Atlanta. And yeah. with uh, Donald Glover and 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 what they've he's a great done, great actor by the way. Oh, he's unbelievable! No Hell of a musician too. His yeah, yeah, Gambino. yeah. No, he's and very versatile. In one of the episodes, it ends with, "Oh yeah, Mike Vick's out here racing people," <laughs> and you race him at the end. One, do you actually race people? No. Okay. Because I had Ted Ginn I mean, in here, listen. and Ginn said, "If you got ten thousand, I'll race anybody." Yeah, I heard that. Ted's still young. Ted can fly. I ain't racing nobody for no amount of money because the first thing that's going to happen to me is I'm going to pull a hamstring or I'm going to pull a groin. <laughs> like, I, that was make. You like, just know it. That was confirmation last week when I was practicing trying to get ready for the flag football game. Yeah. This weekend. And, man, the minute I burst, it, you felt it I burst. Real quick. <laughs> yeah. It's, but wait, with that, I mean, though, I mean, I imagine a lot of people try to race you. Well, now it's, it's like a common joke. Oh, after the episode? Yeah, now after the episode. Now I get it from everybody. And you try to race? Random people. So, I mean, what I'm going to do is just I'm going to pick and choose who I race. So, gotcha. you know, a guy walk up, he little flabby. He make, yeah. you know, he think it's a joke. Okay, yeah, let's let's get it in for 100 real quick. Gotcha. 40 yards, I can do that without stretching, take his money real quick. Oh, so you will. You just want to pick your opponent. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to pick and choose my opponent like boxing. All right, so if I walked up on you real quick, <laughs> just, just tell me the truth. Yeah, I'm going to get you. <laughs> I'm going to take you. I'm going to take you that way. I, I, I wouldn't do it. I would I would say me, and then I'd let someone else slide in real quick oh, and do man. the substitution Yeah, that's on you. I mean, whatever it takes. Uh, it's funny as I typed in Mike Vick into Google, and three different articles popped up. Kyler Murray is the most exciting quarterback since Mike Vick. Lamar Jackson is the most exciting quarterback since Mike Vick. Every young, um, who else? Oh, it, Deshaun Watson is the most exciting. Every time a, a guy that can move comes in the NFL draft, we're going back to your draft, which is now 18 years ago. Yeah. Is, Rightfully so, though. Are any of them... Like, if you had to pick from all of them, the one that reminds you of you, because they all get compared to you, but is one of them actually the closest to you? Man, I, up until last year, I would say Lamar because Lamar is like, he, he has what it takes. Um, but when I watch Kyler Murray, even though he's in a different system mm. than Lamar, and pretty much the system that he he's in now is was the system that he was in at Oklahoma. Right. So. It's going to look exactly the same, but the hash is just a little tighter. Yeah. So that's the only concern. Can he do it, you know, in a more compact but, space? But, but that's he, the guy, huh? But he's the guy that, that can just wiggle and just, you know, with his statue and not being able to be seen by defenders and what he brings to the table. I also he's think, he, a problem. I think he has your flick. Like that flick? No, he's very accurate. Yeah. You know, I mean, he has a big hand. He wraps around the ball. For his size, he's a... You know, he's a big man for his size, if that sure. makes sense. You know, he's not big in statue, but he, he's wide. You know, he got big hands. He, you know, I mean, just well put together. Yeah. And good enough to, I think, keep defensive coordinators up all night. I was talking to a few guys on that team, and I said, I said, you were there for Josh Rosen. 
rookie, you're there for Kyler, how's he looking so far? And they said, not only does he have the X factor of running, but when he walks in the huddle, man, you just kind of feel a little bit yeah. of swag, and yeah. that matters. No, Larry, Larry Fitzgerald said that the kid knows the offense better than anybody. And, and I talked to people to check on that quote, yeah. and they agree Yeah, with no, it. it's, it's validation for that. I mean, I, I spoke to some people, too. He really has a good understanding of the offense, and why would you change anything? Never. You know, I, I think it was. You know what it's like to it be put genius. to a system that's yeah, not it made was for genius. you. Yeah, you just why change anything? Plug them right back into the same system, make it easy teaching for for when you can teach your quarterback and when he can take in the offense and mm. he can coach it without the coaches coaching. Then that's the biggest plus ever. There have been a lot of documentaries about you. Bleacher Report did one as well. But if there was ever to be a feature film with actors. And you could choose who played Michael Vick. Who would you pick? I don't know, man. There's a couple guys out there. I mean, you know. Yeah, I want to hear the list. Man, I don't know. I don't know. Of course, everybody gonna say Denzel. <laughs> He's the number one you know pick every but time. That ain't, but, you know, He's gonna he be too old at yeah, that point. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, don't, yeah. he don't fit. I mean, it's a bunch of young up and coming actors that that probably can Denzel's play that role. Denzel's son. He was the one in Black Klansman. Got to see him. Um. Yeah, you gotta. You gotta be a right. younger guy, man. This can't be a guy that's. Like what if they were like, we have Michael B. Prime. Jordan slated to play you? It won't work. Yeah, it won't work. No, it won't no. work. I don't know a lot of actors' names. I know them when I see them. Gotcha. I don't know their names. So if I... you give me a lineup, I can say, yeah, that guy, that guy, I can point him out. Yeah, man. Has anyone ever approached you about something like that? No, but it'll probably happen real soon. Yeah. You know, you gotta let time elapse when. Of course. You know, let's have a you have a moment in time where. Yeah. You know, it's unforgettable. Of course, and then you do a bunch of things in between. Man, I remember what I remember the moment where I was when you got signed to the Eagles. Really? Uh, oh, I was in a newsroom in Hastings, Nebraska, because really? I, I, I was a general assignment reporter. Yeah, and it, and I this was before this is like two thousand what nine ten something like that two thousand nine. And I remember I'm at a computer and at a news computer there's like a little alert, so I hear beep beep. And it was like, yeah. the AP is reporting. The Eagles have signed <laughs> Michael Vick. And I lost my shit. I lost my shit. I mean. It was the coolest moment was, ever. Yeah, it was. For me, I didn't think I would go to Philly. I, I didn't want to play for a team where I would have to be a backup. Mm. But uh, it, it worked out. It was a lot, of, a lot of things going on in my life at the time. Yeah. And, yeah, it was kind of a blessing to land in Philly. Did you think... When after after your time in prison, were you confident that a team would sign you, or were you even concerned that it would happen? I mean, you always concerned that things might not go the way that you want them to go because of you know public opinion or yeah. public perception. Uh, but at the same time, I was still I, I was I felt like it would it would happen. Yeah, in the right and, and at the right time, the right moment. My agent, he always made me feel good about it. You know, as far as the optimism. Yeah. Other than that, you don't, you mean, you fear the unknown. So, you know, I just didn't want to come out and have to work that construction job that I had to work for, you know, two to three years, man. Were you it really? to pay the bills. What were you man, doing? When you come home from prison, federal prison, you have to have a job. Yeah. Um, so, you know, me, I just in scramble mode trying to find it. Yeah, so what were you doing? I worked construction for two weeks, and then I started working at the Boys and Girls Club. Wow. So um, what kind of construction? Like, my dad did, like, refrigeration and stuff like that. You were doing, what, laying roads? <laughs> nah, we was building a hangar at the airport, man. And, you know, I think the first day I nailed, went through my finger or something, man. Holy moly. It's like, you know, I'm going to kill myself out here. Yeah, and were After people... After that, I was trying to duck, duck and dodge the manager. <laughs> <laughs> were people walking by, and they're the like, they're like, the you're just... The on-site manager. He's looking around and where's Vic? <laughs> Over there laying up under In the shade. Yeah, I'm in the shade, man, drinking Was there ever a moment though where someone walked by and they're like, Are you Nah? You know, I got a lot of double takes though. I, like I guys can't. like, yo, is that really him? Is but yeah, it was cool. It was it was it was humbling. Yeah. It was an experience to get up every day at five thirty, had to be there at six thirty. And uh just seeing how hard guys work to make sure that other people in the world are secure to have what they need to function. I've had a conversation recently about like purpose. Me and Nate were talking about he, after Nipsey died, he kind of realized like I, I need to stand for something big. Yeah. When you go through that humbling process, you go through that amount of time where you have so much to think about. Like, 
you were a top athlete, so I know that you had discipline. Like I know that you had focus in that. Yeah. But did it even change that up even more so? Like did it even heighten it to the next level? Um, as far as focus, just like also like when you wake up, did it change? Oh purpose? yeah. Well, it, it changed. Um, you know, once everything was taken away from me, it's like I started to think about all the things that I could have done better, um, that I didn't pay attention to, that mattered the most. So yeah, you're talking about waking up with a sense of purpose. It's like okay, when I wake up tomorrow, I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna get my workout in earlier. You know, and not at eight o'clock. I'm gonna get it at seven o'clock, so I have an hour in between yeah. to do some extra things in between time and um, just you know wanted to have priorities in order and not have a, a you know a foggy mind. Yeah, yeah, because you know you put too much on your plate, man, and then you know it's it's. It's not an easy task to, you know, make sure that you get things accomplished. I wanted to have my day well thought out and, you know, the sense of purpose at the end of the day, if I look back and say, yo, I accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish, whether big or small, that I do it. Hopefully I'm saying yes at the end of the day. The thing you were just talking about, like distractions. I just read this book where Napoleon, the French leader, yeah. would tell his people under him, don't bring me letters until they're three weeks old. Because I have a lot of people that are telling me they got a lot of important stuff going on, but really, if I wait three weeks, yeah. it'll probably figure itself right, out. Right. Because he had to step away. Yeah. And I look at like cell phones now and media now and all that, and then I think about someone like you and how many people are probably hitting you up on a daily basis. Yeah. Show up to this. Do this. Yeah. Like, in, in a way, like you got to separate all that shit out. Right. You got to vet out the process, man. It's just like don't overwhelm yourself. Um, because so many things can become enticing. Material can become enticing. Monetary become enticing. Yeah. The next thing you know, you losing out on quality time with your family. Or, you know, you might, you know, just getting get in, in, involved in something that just don't make sense. Yeah. And because uh, you was doing it for the wrong reasons. So, yeah, I think more so, man, you have to step back. And I think that's why it's important now. Like, I try to run a lot of things past my wife and see what she thinking. Um, She's the bedrock for Yeah, no doubt. The the people who are close to me who can help me make a decision, like, on the spot. Or mm. if I got to make a decision, I got to really think it through. Yeah. And, you know, weigh out the pros and the cons. I like that. I like that part of, you know, my life and the structure that's in it now. And I'm sure when you were growing up, you were like, I'm just going to do. Oh, yeah. I mean, up until, like, two years ago, I was like, I'm just going to do. Yeah. And I was still playing, you know, or, or just, you know, recently retired and mm. I'm gonna do everything that comes my way because it's about branding and it's about you know continue to keep things going and you know I got a family to take care of yeah. but all things aren't good can I ask you a question about prison is that okay yeah go ahead okay because me that's like my biggest fear is is it's I've, it's whether it's like fear of what going stepping inside yeah, it's like the like well sure there's that but it's like Mine the movies too. and all that stuff yeah yeah um, was it? I mean, I'm sure you were scared too. Like, absolutely, yeah, no doubt, for sure. I don't, I don't want to ask I you like, what it. do yeah, I, I need to do? I, what do you need? <laughs> if you, you had just to walk train in and look me, serious. Right, right. Just look serious. You put your game. Did face you just keep on. your head down the whole you know, time. You put your game face on when you first walk in. Really? Um, I won't tell people what I did when I first went in, in order to calm my nerves or in order to make, just, you know, my bravado. Yeah. I probably write I'm, about it in another book that I write. Yeah, because if I'm you, I'm thinking I got a target on my back already. Because I'm yeah, famous. it was just real weird, man. Um, I kind of came in at a like a weird time of the day. You know, it was lunchtime. Oh, oh, so I like, just had to walk right into the cafeteria, damn. Just like or the chow hall, which is what the. And I was just looking around like, holy, where do I sit? You know, you got. Section that's over the, here, the section over there. Yeah, you're like, if I sit in that section, am I? Like, yeah, you you don't know where you're welcome. Then yeah, I just I just had to man up, man. Damn, uh, I just went and sat where I wanted to sit. I didn't care about who was looking at me or you know making the yeah assumption of you know what I looked like, was sizing me up. Right, right. I, right. I, I cared about nothing. Mm. But I, it's you know funny stories about the things that I. I did in like the first two weeks just to make sure I secured myself. Yeah. You know, I ain't a street dude. I ain't come from that. Yeah. You know, I lived in it, but I didn't do it. You but. were the athlete. You were protected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're, but, when you're the athlete in the community, they protect yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, But when I went to 11, where it was like, 
just throw you in you know, a building with 50, 455 guys. And yeah. My dream for you is that someone would be like, yo, I want that dessert. And then someone else stands up and goes, don't touch Michael. <laughs> and you're like, like, that's my dream. You're like, that's like, what I Thanks, envis- bro. Yeah. Appreciate it. Nah, I, I got like you. That. I'm a big Falcons yeah. fan. Nah, I held it down. Wow. I held it down for sure. Did you, like, you had to leave and feel more sure of who you were after a process like that? Yeah, well, I was just stronger. Um, I think the relationships and the people that I met and people I came in contact with, um, you know, I got a lot out out of it. Um, Did you read a lot? Did you write a lot? I I mean, I I learned to play chess. I read so many books. Yeah. I came out a much better person, much stronger person. Um, and you know, still a little broken, but you know, it was it was room for me to be repaired, mm-hmm. and I made sure I kept that space because I couldn't do everything while I was in there. Right, I couldn't soak in everything because yeah. that's not the place. You don't you don't see enough visually. You can you only envision. You know, use your imagination. So yeah. I had to you know remain vulnerable in you know a couple of different areas, and then that was for my family to help me fix and. Kiafa to help me fix and my mom and yeah and the people who was there for me oh man like I'm sure was, those relationships got so strong oh man yeah because it was just all it was all communication yeah you know it was nothing in the physical it wasn't any touching it wasn't any you know physical kisses on the cheek or you know goodbyes you know all yeah. that was just like you know it was, everything was visual I mean, I wouldn't get out of bed. Like, if when you got out, I wouldn't get out of bed for a week. I'd be like, we're cuddling for a week. We're going to yeah. order some food. <laughs> we cuddled for about a week. Yeah. Maybe two. <laughs> you went to McDonald's right afterwards? Yeah, I think I went straight to McDonald's. Yeah, when I got out, I was like 3.30 in the morning. Oh. I think I couldn't I couldn't wait. I, I remember just being in the I'm room. I'm camping just, outside. Like, yeah, I'm never man. going to like, the house. Looking at walls was like surreal. Like, being able to open a door? Yeah, it was just the little things that you took for granted. Yeah. Like, you... It's funny because now I think about it, and like those memories are like gone. It's another lifetime ago. Yeah, it's another lifetime yeah. ago, but still, like, I should try to reflect on that as much as I can. It's hard. It's hard because you you've been there, done that. Of course. And, but I'm just saying, the small things in life really do. I mean, they make a difference sometimes. It is wild that like you could close your eyes and you could be eight year old Mike Vick. You can close your eyes and be eighteen mi- oh, year yeah. old Mike Vick. And the thing is, is like we don't feel the same pain that we yeah. did back then. Yeah. But it defined who it we defined are now. Who you are. Yeah. And you kind of have to. That's why I always hear like it's not losses, it's lessons. Right. That's it. That's and it. and like you can impart wisdom to your children that I could never impart because of the things you've seen. Right. I can go watch this movie. We'll see if it's accurate. Yeah. You can really share. And that's correct. That's experience. Yeah, no doubt. I could see somebody about to make a mistake or saying something that I, I mean, it's, it's cool to just be able to draw from those experiences. Man. Yeah. There's a power to people. it. Yep. Um, the reason we're able to do this interview is because of the American Flag Football League. Yeah. Uh, th- th- when this comes out, it will have been the weekend before. So right. we're talking on a Thursday. It's happening this yeah. weekend. And I have been told that you guys went out there last year and said, we're taking on a bunch of flag football guys. We're going to be able to smoke these dudes. And then the athletes in this league, though, it sounds like it's a bunch of Wes Welkers and Julian Edelmans. That yeah, are like, man. Unbelievable. Look, I- totally different look for my team this year than what it was last year and a different feel and approach like I can honestly say last year I was 100% confident that we would win yeah um but didn't put in the hard work or didn't want to learn the rules right of what it took to win a flag football game and these guys are professionals that we have to realize and understand they know how to play flag football right now if you ask me if we lined up 28 NFL teams and they all had their own best of their seven their seven guys their best seven guys playing offense against one of these teams yeah they wouldn't win not of 100 the, games the NFL teams NFL teams would there's, not win there's no way so these if guys I, are good the rules are different if I put Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins and I had Patrick Mahomes back there and I had Zachard to tight end and Kelsey at the other one not happening Nah, you just, I mean, it, it looked good on paper. Yeah. But the way you have to play in the rules, it, wow. it'll be tough for those guys. Wow. And, and, and those are the, that's the best of the best cream of the crop. Yeah. You know, what those guys are going to try to do to combat that is, is it's amazing. It, it's crazy to see that the 707 game and flag um, has 
really taking on a different you know type of feel the thing that i appreciate about you saying that is so many of these leagues it's like a flash in the pan but for one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play to leave and go they're better than any nfl player you don't hear that not better I'm saying for, for that, what, for, for yeah, that yeah, league, course, yeah, for that course. league, absolutely. But no one's going to look at the big three and go, any three NBA players wouldn't have a chance against these no, guys. No, no, not, no, no, nah, no, nah, they wouldn't because no. because just because of technique and pulling flags and yeah. you know having to transition from offense to defense and what it takes to really focus in on the flag and grab it. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I seen some of the best athletes that I played with Not um, have the and against. Eye. We couldn't do it. We couldn't. We was knocked out the first round. Wow! And we had a really good team. That that had to be humbling too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I was a little salty. If you see the interviews after the game, I was a poor sport, and and that's the one thing I do regret about last year. I was, I'm never. You'll never see me playing flag football again. And oh, you, you know, were that yeah, salty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Yeah, I was salty, man. I was mad, and you know, more so like anything that has to do with football. If I lose, oh. like I'm so competitive. Oh, I'm sure. You know, it's like. You don't feel like a loser, but it's somewhat embarrassing. You know, that's why I was always happy when we lost a game. I kept my helmet on. You yeah. can walk in the locker room. You don't have to show facial expression unless you're doing a post-game press conference. But, man, I'm telling you, I still have fun. And I'm back again for another year. Yeah. Um, that's a big deal. Just to have fun with it, man. Just to um, have fun with we, it. We, the last time I talked to you, we were in Atlanta for the Super Bowl. And to watch you walk around Atlanta is unbelievable. Like, it's it's godlike shit. Yeah. Um, is I'm assuming right now Julio, like I know that Matt Ryan, when he signed his contract, they're like he's the face of Atlanta or whatever. But yeah. to me, Julio is the face of the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. And I wonder, like, what kind of respect or pride you have for him and kind of what he's added to the franchise that you really helped, you know, restart yeah, I, I in the think, 2000s. You know, I think Julio just continues to help, you know, with the, with the culture. The people love him. Um, you know, he's a dynamic player. He's one of the best to – playing the game today never gives so, less than 100 yeah so you have to appreciate that and i think you know julio can walk around the city of Atlanta. he can go any way he wants probably a bunch of other guys on the team who can too but julio is well respected and uh you know he's he's a he's a five-star general mm. what's your talk what's your uh take on Mahomes? oh man just because i'm already ruling the crown and one of the best i've ever seen yeah no doubt i mean and he's only played one full season after throwing that no look pass I'll just tell everybody to have the, the the balls to do that in the in a game. Yeah. Like live action when to us we looking at it and it's looking like it's moving in slow motion, but knowing that everything is like enhanced on the field and for him to be able to do that. And I think the game was close. Yeah. That's what makes it so so crazy that he, he even pulled that off. It was for against him to the do Baltimore that, yeah, Ravens. For him, to, for him to do that, yeah, for him to do that, man, that moment just solidify his um, his progression from mm-hmm. year one to year two, and then just how really good of a football player he is. So I'm excited about the kid, man. I can't wait to watch him this year. It's going to be an exciting season. It is going to be an amazing season. Yeah, I probably talk, talk about the Cleveland Browns way more than I talk about anybody this year. So that's your squad right now. I mean, I'm just watching them really close. When you look, if you talk about teams on paper, yeah. I don't think there's a better one-two wide receiver combo, maybe in the history of the game, than Odell Jarvis. And what I mean is yeah. the way they complement each other, the overall yeah. speed, the quick of Jarvis. Yeah. Njoku, the running backs they have, Baker, that offensive line, Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, they spent some money. Greedy Williams. Greedy Williams they just got. Um, got some good linebackers, But too. you know what it feels like? It feels like it's going to let us down. Because that's what, you know what? That's what always it. happens. I was thinking about that last night. You were on the Dream that's, Team. Yeah, it was like... When there's that much hype, it can disappoint. It's, it's going to come down to coaching. Okay. It'll come down to coaching. Like The one thing I will say is, you know, John Dorsey is one of the greatest... Well, one of the greatest general managers of Dorsey. He spent a lot of time in, in New England and yep. won some Super Bowls and built the Kansas City roster before yep. Andy took over and... Now he took the Cleveland Browns in just two years and got them looking like they can do something in 2019. So I I think he got the right coaching staff. I'm I'm probably sure that that was probably the easiest thing to do. That's easier than picking players. (laughs) So he got a good staff, plugged the players in the right positions, man, and let them go. But Baker's a baller. Yeah, man, if you look look back in 
into 2017, man, when I was on Fox, when I first started out, was always giving Baker Mayfield shout-outs. I and mean, we was asked who we thought was the top guys. You know, I thought him and Lamar would be, yeah. you know, two of the top. And then two of the top two quarterbacks. And then I, Patrick Mahomes just came out of nowhere. So, man, it turned out to be a really good class. It did. Really it did. good class. It's turned out to be a really good time. Yeah, no I doubt. I appreciate you, man. All the time, man. Always Anytime, have a good man. conversation. You, know, you the homie. I think – oh, man, hold on. I'm going to let that last comment just really sit there for a second. Because <laughs> I call my guys the homies, and I call them the 33%, and yeah. I know they appreciate you. Yeah, no doubt. So you love. better fucking slide into Vic's mentions and hit him up on Twitter and Instagram and let him know that he is the man. You're welcome back anytime. My man. If you want to freestyle. Hey, I'll give you some next time, man. Next I'm gonna time. I'm going to make a fool out of myself, man, with my <laughs> wife next door. And she's like, baby, why you do that? You know you ain't no rapper. Mike Vick throws the ball deep. Okay, bring it next time. Appreciate you, bro. The homie, Ingber, Michael Vick. And he said when he comes back, he will write a rap for us. Yes, he did say that. He guaranteed it. As we say at the poker table, that's binding. Yeah, it's rule now. Yeah. He has to do it. It's an oral contract that you've struck with him. What, what was the vibe you got just of watching Michael Vick in the office, too? Like, the vibe I always get is he's very understated mm-hmm. and that so many people react so big to him that he's always just the chillest guy there is. He, Yeah, he was very nice to me. He was very nice to everyone that he seemed to interact with. Uh, I met his wife. Yeah. Um, I met some of the people that work with him. I think someone was his manager. Uh, just seems like a, a nice, grounded crew of people around yes. him, which is always nice to see with athletes that they're not like rolling with some crazy entourage that's oh, just man. like feeding crazy ego he seems like he's got a, a nice team around him then they're they're doing good work and we recorded that interview last week and as you could tell we were we got help from that from the american flag football league mm-hmm. and i hope their league does awesome i got a chance to talk to jeff lewis their founder and he's a character and they really believe that flag football league is growing and the one thing that all of the through line of all that yes. of all those interviews and you're talking to all the flag football people off camera they all are 100% convinced that a team of NFL athletes can't beat the best non-NFL flag football players And then in the Vic world. kind of agreed with that. Yeah, he was like, yeah, we can't beat these guys. It's just a bunch of Edelmans and like Amendolas. Scrappy Welkers running around. That Vince Papalis that have waited <laughs> yeah. their entire life to get their opportunity. And they're fucking good, apparently. And it made sense, though, the way they were describing it, where it's like when you're in the NFL, you're built to you know absorb contact. And the yes. flag football, it's like, oh, I just need to be 100% speed. Yes. It's just Deshaun Jackson losing 20 pounds. And then just, you know, crushing out there. I would say if I saw a bunch of little white guys beating a bunch of NFL players, you know what thought I'd have in my head? Hmm. Whoa! Big <laughs> offseason, so it is time for the big reveal! It is! Whoa! 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 Big offseason. Let's go! Uh, all right, so, whoa, big offseason. Uh, Ingber, you, we, we kind of went through some together, but I don't know which ones you're picking for the Ingber Top 5. Right, this is, uh, we count them down from 5 to 1. Yes. Uh, they're not necessarily in an order. They're kind of just like we've, we've concocted a list. In, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but uh, number 5, this, this amazing Jets quote that was all over social, but I just wanted to discuss and get your take on I it. I think I've seen this. Uh, Jets wide receiver coach Sean Jefferson. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Profanity laden. Uh, he's talking about... Have you cursed on this podcast yet? I try to avoid it un- so that it has more import when I do. And this is that. <laughs> yeah, this I'm just reading <laughs> verbatim a quote, so don't get mad at me. Uh, he's talking about his man, Sam Darnold. Your man. That's my guy. You love Darnold. Excuse my French when I say this, but he's a fucking dude. He's a fucking dude with a fucking arm, and he's accurate as shit. Whoa, big off season. <laughs> Receivers coach Sean Jefferson One. all over it. What was he asked that prompted that? Also, I want to know, like, he's a fucking dude is so good. Like, I, I've, I've never heard, like, we've, we've all heard. He's the, a dude. I'm a dude. <laughs> he's a dude with a fucking arm. Yeah. I, I just, I, in my sort of like my brain of, of slang and lingo, I'd be like, he's a fucking awesome dude. Or he's a fucking shitty dude. Or he's a fucking chill dude. I've you said would put an adjective before dude. Fucking blank dude. I've said that a billion times in my life, but I've never just been like that dude. He's a fucking dude. <laughs> and I want to know like what that means in his brain. What you just said too, I'd also like 
like to know how long he said the word dude. Seven U's. Because I think the longer the dude, uh -huh. he is a dude. And then did he, yeah, did he liquid you? He's a dude. Fucking dude. Also, it's really interesting because there's missing a ton of adjectives. <laughs> he's a effing dude with an effing arm. Yeah, he's got a fucking arm. But does he got a big arm? Does he have a strong arm? Yeah. Like, he's just a dude with an arm. Again, yeah, if he had said, like, he's got a fucking cannon arm, we'd be right, like, right, nice, right, okay, right. that is a thing I can wrap my brain around. But it's like, he's got a fucking arm. I will say this, though, about Sam Darnold. Everyone that's around him loves him. Mm -hmm. Last year, when he threw an interception against Miami, one of his receivers came out and, like, stood up for him and was like, we wouldn't even be in this game if it wasn't for him. Mm -hmm. Le'Veon Bell is posting random photos with him all the time on his IG stories. Coaches are coming out. One of the reasons Joe Douglas said he took the, giant, the uh, Jets GM job was because of Sam Darnold. Mm. He is a fucking dude. I don't know if you did this on purpose or not, but you saying that Le'Veon is putting him on Instagram, that's a whoa big offseason in and of itself. Absolutely. Like, did you know that Le'Veon's putting uh, Darnold all over the IG? That is, those are mini woes. <laughs> those, those are mini woes. Those are wow, big offseasons. <laughs> Tiny woe. But I, I feel like I want a t-shirt that says, like, Darnold14 on the back, and on the front just says, he's a fucking dude with a fucking arm, and he's accurate <laughs> as shit. Like, no, the t-shirt should say, he's a fucking dude on the front, and on the back it says, with a fucking arm. Or I would take one that's a mathematical equation that mm. says, fucking dude plus fucking arm Sam plus accurate as shit <laughs> equals Sam Darnold. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I'm, I think that's awesome. That's one of the best. That will be up at the end of the offseason for quote of the offseason. Especially if Darnold, like, you know, is a world beater this year, and right. they win 11 or 12 games, and then it's like that becomes the rallying cry. This was a mini woe that I don't think is going to make your list. Earl Thomas talked about Lamar Jackson and said, blockbuster. Like, mm. that's a cool way. But a coach going, he's an F and dude with an F and R. So great. Yeah. Uh, number four, two words, Phil Visor. Oh, my God. Did you see the pictures? It, the amount of people hitting up the Lefko Show account with Phil Rivers rocking a visor. But, like, very specifically a LaDainian Tomlinson visor. Oh, that's what you think of right away? That's what, I mean, oh, my God. Chargers visor? Like, is there anything else in your brain besides that? Yeah, well, you know... I think that everyone looks cooler with a visor, just like I think everyone looks faster with dreadlocks. Okay. Because they have a trail. But with a visor, it's like when people wear sunglasses. You're, so, just, you're cooler. I can't see your eyes. This is what I'm always thinking about. Because if you'll notice, I mean, I play tennis as, as many weekends as possible with, uh, you know, time permitting with a child yeah. now. But I, I almost always wear sunglasses because I'm such a baby. Like, as soon as there's a little bit of sun, I'm like, yeah, I yeah, can't yeah. serve. And then you watch, like, Wimbledon and the French Open. They never are wearing sunglasses. Ever. Occasionally wearing a hat. I don't yes. understand how they do it. But then you look at these quarterbacks. If I can't see your eyes, that's a massive advantage. Right? In a way, it is. So, like, Philip Rivers, if he can master that kind of, like, look one way but squint the other way, you know, turn his head one way, and he can do these kind of no-look passes, if that's even a 5% advantage, it's huge. The coolest athletes, I think, in the NFL or playing football have worn visors. Ladanian's a great example. Mm -hmm. Part of the reason I love Brian Dawkins was he wore the visor. Uh, I'm pretty sure Ed Reed wore the visor, too. Um, but also, I think about the replacements. If you remember, there was that one dude on the team that was like a safety, but you never heard him talk, and he was like a real convict. Mm -hmm. He wore a visor. It is. It's like this shroud of secrecy that adds to it, but I don't know if it's going to stick with Rivers. I don't know if it's an actual thing or, or if it was just like a training camp. Whoa, but... Sure. If it's if he comes out and goes, I'm tired of these motherfuckers watching my eyes. Mm -hmm. Ooh, yeah. And the other thing I'm thinking about too, with uh, with these guys wearing visors, right? Like, if you're the sort of guy that that feels like you're not as famous because you're wearing a helmet all the time. Right. That's always been kind of a knock. Like, why are there more famous NBA players than famous NFL players? Right. Like, is it because they're wearing a helmet? A visor is like an extra helmet on top of your yeah. helmet. So maybe Phil Rivers is like, I've been in this league forever. I'm as famous as I possibly could need to be. Now I'm ready to get mine. And I'm going to play even better with this visor. Like, he's not he's not worried about the fame anymore. He's what secure if, in his place. What if on the inside of the visor is the names of his nine kids because he just forgets them a lot? Or just the answers to the test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's just cheating on a quiz. He's actually watching Netflix. Yeah. He's like, I'm fuck. This is like 15. I'm Have you guys done. seen Dead to Me? It's great. It's really good. All right, number three. Number three. Um, I'm just a huge fan of Melvin Ingram. Oh man, people of the podcast know that we love him too. Just, I mean, just watch the man play, and it's just a clinic on defense every time. And this is what he said this week: "Quote, we're definitely going to win the Super Bowl. Yes, still ASAP." 
Any squad, any place, that's what we're about. Okay, so this is a combination of two things. One, I'm pretty sure that Melvin Ingram has guaranteed a Super Bowl win the last few years. <laughs> that's his move. Which is amazing. It's a which go-to. Is, it's a great, whoa, big offseason because you're guaranteed for NFL.com to go, Ingram, Ingram guarantees Chargers and Super Bowl. Also, if you were to ask any player of the 3,500 players in the NFL, what's your goal this year? Everyone's goal is to win the Super Bowl. He just keeps saying we're going to do it. But the any squad, any place ASAP, after every Chargers win, he yells into the camera, ASAP, any squad, any place, we go, and he does this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's so much fucking energy. But Melvin Ingram is not afraid of anybody. And I love that he can guarantee this, and like his teammates would be like, oh, no, no, Melvin can say that, but we're not going to say that. <laughs> right. Yeah, we're not going to do that. I think, yeah, everyone has that guy at work or at that group of friends that says the thing that everyone's thinking, yes. but you're just glad that it's not you that yes. has to say it. Like, if, if a friend of yours, you know, like, talks some shit to your boss, and you're like, I'm glad he said yeah, it. I'm yeah, glad yeah. that those words were said. Or like two I just... people are fighting on a train, and one guy's like, can you settle down? And you're like, I wasn't going to do that, that's... but I'm glad you did. Yeah, that's Melvin Ingram. Melvin Ingram is that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Melvin Ingram genuinely believes at any time that he is the strongest person in a room. And when he smacked me in the chest that one time playing Jenga, I'm not going to. Like, so when we did the show last year, he literally was intimidating all of the producers and all of the staff working. And he was allowed to cheat because no one wanted to tell him that he would. <laughs> right. Like, at one point, we were like, Melvin, stop cheating off Melvin Gordon. He was like, I'm not. And they were like, sorry. And it, we had video. Like, he was clearly looking over. But everyone's afraid of Melvin Ingram. I love that fucking guy. That's a good one. A Super Bowl guarantee is a great one. Super Bowl guarantee. Uh, yeah. Okay. Number two. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, is this the quote that came out? Yeah. Uh, so this was, it was kind of a teaser for the Mike Silver article that yes. came out about him and LaFleur and their relationship. The whole dynamic. It's an interesting read, but I think the quote was juicier than the read itself. Quote came out Friday, article came out Monday. Right. And the, you should read the article. I mean, there's some really interesting Very stuff in there. So. But the quote is just juicy as hell. And there's a lot of like, we could go conspiracy on it if we wanted to. There's a lot you could read into. But anyway, I'll just read the quote. Quote, I don't think you want me to turn off 11 years, meaning 11 years in the league. There's stuff that not many people in the league can do at the line. That's not a humble brag. That's just a fact. Mm. And that's Rodgers to Mike Silver on LaFleur's system not having a ton of freedom at the line of scrimmage. This was a perfect, whoa, big offseason because pro football talk. I heard this on Pardon My Take. Mm. I heard all these different places going, it's already starting. Look at this quote. Aaron Rodgers is already freaking out with Matt LaFleur. And then I read the article today, and the whole thing is about how they're trying to be symbiotic. And how this was like one line where he's like, no, we're going to make this work, both of us. Like, the entire article, I go, LaFleur and Rodgers are so cognizant of how this could go bad, mm -hmm. and both of them are admitting their own weaknesses. Like, LaFleur said multiple times, this is a very special quarterback. He is very intelligent. It's not been a system. Because this is a Matt LaFleur system that's been based on Kyle Shanahan. So what that means is so many plays are going to be successful, and a lot of it is motion and all that. And you're not going to have a lot of time for audibles because of motion. But also, a lot of Kyle Shanahan's system is, we're going to give you two plays. And however they come out, one of these is going to work. I'll give you a decision tree, basically. But a lot of what Aaron Rodgers said in the article was about the two-minute drill. Because Aaron would use a two-minute drill to overcome Mike McCarthy. So he wasn't just using it at two minutes. He'd be like, 11 minutes left in the first quarter. Let's just run the two-minute drill. We're going to do the hurry-up because I don't even want your plays in the system. Right. But like we've said before, when Aaron gets out there and Devontae Adams goes in motion and then Jimmy... Jimmy Grand slides across to the left side and he looks up and he goes, holy shit, it's exactly what we wanted. That's when Aaron Rodgers is going to buy in. But it's like saying right now that Aaron Rodgers has been on Curb Your Enthusiasm for 11 years. And for 11 years, they said, we want this scene to start off at A and get to Z. And however the fuck you get there, we trust you. And now he's got a new director that goes, it's Seinfeld. And you need to hit all of your lines. And he's going, but I've won like five Emmys. 
by improvisational acting. And now, I don't know if that makes sense. No, no, I went with you on the yeah, analogy. Yeah, yeah. I'm just picturing like a slow camera pan in on uh, Mike McCarthy's face on the sideline as you hear boom, 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 It's like he's, he's got a Great face Great way, coach. And it's like he didn't call any of the plays. <laughs> boom, boom. No, but like, you know, Aaron Rodgers has done one thing really well. And he's won a Super Bowl and he's won MVPs. And I can tell while he's going, I don't want that to be lost. But yeah, that blow up on Friday. To read the article today, if I'm a Packers fan, I'm very excited. It's that classic internet thing of, yes, headlines are fun, and yes, pull quotes are fun, but like, make sure to read the article out there if you're ever going to comment on something. There's nothing more annoying than uh, you know being in a bar argument with someone, and they clearly just read the headline. You're like, yes. well, if you actually read the the summation, you know, the, all the different quotes, then... Well, for information for you, yeah. that's why we have Wobig Offseason, because we read the fucking We articles. only like the headlines. <laughs> no, 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 but it's really like so many of the headlines are woe grabbers. Sure. And then when you read it, it's the complete opposite. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So that's what we're here to do is to educate you guys so you don't get caught in the woe. And so you don't have to read the article yourself. So who has the we time. are down to the last one, yeah. which you came out last week and said, this is known as the hammer. And apparently, a uh, listener of the pod and a guy that I've never met, but I've always enjoyed his work, and I don't even know if I'm saying his last name right, John Burchard of WIP in Philadelphia sent me... A little thing specially for you. Oh. So as we get to number one, this is what we got. Whoa, the offseason. Ingber's hammer. <laughs> That's awesome. So thank you, John Burchard, for doing that. I'm going to actually not play that off my phone next time. I'm going to give that to the audio people. But we just got it. So, whoa, the offseason. Ingber's hammer. Did he say Ingber's <laughs> hammer? Ingber's hammer. Because I got to say, like, pronouncing my last name correctly, you're, like, forever in my good book. Because my, my, my whole life... You know, like the telemarketers call Mr. Engelberger, Engelberger. For some reason, it's a pretty simple Engelberger. But thank you for getting my last name correct. I I love you forever for that. You have an audio drop. Oh my God! You've only been doing this for like three times. That's better than if I got like a star on the Walk of Fame. I have a drop. That's what a day. It's not going to go away unless I accidentally delete it. Oh, no. Yeah. All right. So what's number one? Uh, Number one is about Brian Flores. This is my favorite, and I'm so happy that you you said all this. I feel like you're looking at my notes. You you know what I'm about to say here. Look, I'm just going to share everything with the homies. I will send you ones, but I don't know the order that you're going to put them in. And this is one that I kind of asterisked and bolded, <laughs> so I kind of wanted this But we agree that it's great. So Brian Flores of the Dolphins, uh, amazing coach, 38 years old, right? He's the man. He's like lost in the, like, we all talk about McVay and Shanahan. Yes. Like He's about as young as the rest of these guys. Uh, has a huge wallet practice that says TNT on it. If players make mistakes, they run to the wall and back. TNT stands for? Takes no talent. <laughs> so good. So here's what's awesome. In the TNT, there's words like focus and and like energy and all that stuff. Right. But the reason he says takes no talent and they gave an example that like Josh Rosen fumbled a snap. Uh, Josh, that takes no talent. Yeah, you can run to the wall, run back. The things in this ESPN article, as much as I have been loving Vic Fangio, I am going all in on Brian Flores. I am realizing that I think that Brian Flores could be the Sean McVay of defense. Mm. That's where I'm going with this. So much so to he has these, apparently he's been showing up to media pressers seven minutes early. So not only his players know that showing on time, showing up on time is late, the media. He said early is on time, on time is late, and late is forgotten. Fucking A, put it into my veins. He goes, is it a rule? No. It's my personal mantra. I have a lot of respect for time. It's precious. We shouldn't take it for granted. This is a guy that came up 100% in Belichick's system. Was had no power before he ever got to New England. He was like a linebacker's coach. Then he became like a defensive assistant. Then the defensive coordinator. He has been groomed by Belichick. And I truly believe that when you look at Detroit and you see Patricia and you have two defensive players right now that are planning to hold out, but he was supposed to be Belichick's number one guy. But in Miami, these guys are going, man, that's just Flores. He's crazy. 
the difference is, is if you had a personal trainer like Flores, who's a jacked 38-year-old. <laughs> oh, as and, opposed to Patricia. And opposed right. to Patricia. Patricia's going, work harder. Meanwhile, Flores is going, work harder. And he's been at the facility since 4.30. Dude's running steps. <laughs> I wonder why they're questioning Patricia in Detroit and they're lockstep with Flores right now in Miami. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is going to be the Belichick protege where it works. Do you think Flores is going to call out any reporters for slouching the way Patricia did? Mm. I, I don't think he will because I don't think Flores cares. Right. Because Flores is going, you're, you're not on time. Like, you're going to live your life? That's fine. I don't have to worry about you. Oh, so you're either you're in Flores' uh, good graces or you're not. And then he's yeah. just like, moving on. Next oh, question. I, I think he's going to look at reporters with their, their slouch and he's going to go, that takes no talent. But he does that in his head. Because I think he's going to be smarter with the media like Belichick is. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have time for that. In terms of the whole talent thing, he said... He said, it's a focus issue. It's a mindset issue. We try to make an emphasis on those things. Things that take no talent, I think those are the details that help you win games. And he's talking about focus and execution. And apparently he also walks around the facility saying, rent is due every day. Like, he is... One of those, like, Instagram focus. Well, like, I was going to say, you know what movie coach he reminds me of? Who? Denzel Washington from Remember the Titans. Mm. You fumble, you run a mile. You miss a blocking assignment, you run a mile. Like, that's literally what this that, guy is doing. I think that's what Brian Flores is. Like, I really do. Like, I, he might be the Denzel. What was that guy's name? I think it was Coach Boone. Coach Boone. That's so good. I'm just letting you know that if you as a Patriots fan, I'm very concerned. Because if you have a disciplined Miami Dolphins team, mm-hmm. and we all know that, in, like Bart Scott told us, like all these teams go to Miami and they get drunk the night before, and Miami already has an advantage there, I'm very excited. I'm just you got to see it for a season. We've we've heard of a lot of hard ass coaches yeah. come in. Bill Belichick was five and eleven his first year in the Patriots camp, and uh, you know they there was a lot of like talk of who oh, he's he's going to clean house. He's going to be yeah. a tough guy. You got to see it on the field. There's a lot I'm of tough guys stock. out there. I'm buying all of the stock. That's right fine. Now. Buy low. You're like uh, like Russell Okung with his crypto. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Buy low. All right, so uh, those are, whoa, big offseason. Enjoyed it a lot. Uh, and as you continue to see, whoa, big offseason, send them to us. There's nothing I like more than opening the Leftco Show mentions, and it's just a lot of whoa, big offseasons with a picture of Philip Rivers and a visor. Sure. I love that shit. <laughs> uh, I put out my rankings for top stepdad rankings. I factored in some of the things that Kyle Brandt told us. Yeah, if you haven't listened to the Kyle Brandt episode, he had a lot of good, really like really good. cagey thoughts on stepdads. And the stepdads. fact that he had a stepdad added so much insight yeah, to Yeah, value it added. Uh, my top five, I went five, Drew Brees, four, Cam Newton, three, Nick Foles, two, Ryan Fitzpatrick, one, Marcus Mariota. And my bottom five, a lot of young guys, Josh Allen, Trubisky, Joe Flacco, Baker Mayfield, and last was Eli. <laughs> you just love putting Eli in the box. I think yes. Eli has the uh, the lowest VORP in these lists. <laughs> Absolutely. He has had the steady low. Uh, and I only ranked 30 of them. And some people got it, and some people didn't. Fair. And it was good. Um, but for me, I think I will admit this. I personally surprised myself. I did not expect to put Cam Newton that high. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason I did was I just started thinking about wearing matching outfits with Cam Newton and him, like, getting me a lot of swag. And then I also thought about if I was a kid and my dad, my stepdad was Cam Newton, a lot cooler people would come to the house. Okay. Because, like, I wanted to factor that in, too. Like, Matt Ryan is not having the Migos over. But, like, at my 16th birthday, the Migos might perform if Cam Newton's my stepdad. So I've, that's why he kind of rose. This is the crucial question I was going to ask you, actually, right? When you said we're ranking the quarterbacks in terms of who could be your stepdad, is that me, Lefko's producer in his 30s, right. <laughs> who is now acquiring a stepdad at this stage of my life? I'm like well into my career. I kind of thought about when I was doing it all fact, all stages of life. Or is it me at like nine years old? Because if I'm nine, oh my God, I want Baker Mayfield as yeah, my stepdad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my God, he's going to have like cool parties yeah, and he's going to no. like show me the town. Nah. But he's, like, it's gonna, he's going to creepily put his arm around my mom all the time. <laughs> But if it's like me in my thirties, like I kind of want like Drew Brees, just like a like right. a guy. Like I'm sure he has. That's a really why good Drew Brees paste. made number five because I just thought that he would give me the good discipline, but also be cool. And like his sons seem cool, <laughs> like those kids running around. Like I'm down to be the older brother figure to those kids. Sure. Too. I mean, they might be like, listen, don't listen to Adam. 
I've taught you guys enough. Don't listen to him. But yeah, that would be cool. Uh, so could I could I just come in with a couple? What are your of little... biggest gripes? So uh, I always have to mention something about Brady. But Brady was way too high on this list. Where you did wanted I have him, him? You wanted him at like nine. Yeah, I had him at nine. See, to me, a really crucial step with uh, with the stepdad. It's it's the way you think of your uncle or your grandpa or whatever that comes into town and is like, uh, your mom won't let you have ice cream for dinner, but I will because I'm the cool uncle, right? Yeah. I'm the cool stepdad that's like trying to buy you off with right. gifts and stuff. Brady would be like, hey, you can have this raw kale and rhubarb like he would not have some amazing snacks in the pantry for you i thought about you know what it's like to be connected to that guy and and he is so famous so like what that would do for you and yeah. all that stuff i really put him one slot over russell wilson because i thought at the end of the day even though they're both a little crazy pants to me <laughs> tom brady is a little bit cooler genuinely than russell wilson interesting I, I don't know why. Even that... now with the step up into Russell? Yeah. Wow. That's because, a bold. Because Tom is going to. Like, the reason I think I moved Tom and Breeze higher than I thought I would originally is I did go, man, if I was a kid, I'd want to be disciplined a little bit. And so if I was raised by a Breeze or a Brady. I feel like I would be ready to kill the world. We appreciate the disciplinarians in retrospect. Yes. But if I'm picking my future father, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, my yeah, stepfather, yeah. like I'm not going to opt into punishment. I know. I, I know. want a free for all. I, I think be... I had read some stoic philosophy and I was like, I can handle brain <laughs> Like it got me in the mode. All right. What other ones? Um, Derek Carr. I just really don't want to be on camera for the next four months. Oh, you don't want to be... I don't want to be in hard... I don't want to be some awesome. side character in Well, I had him at 22. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, that to me is dead last because I just don't want to be on Hard Knocks. Because oh, you, I don't know how they'll portray me. You're, like, you're afraid that, like... And Derek Carr's stepson... Exactly. <laughs> and I'm moping in the is corner. in his 30s, and he has a child of his own. Exactly. And I'm watching this at home, and, like, you know, they, they caught me, and they edit it in a certain way, and now my wife's mad at me, and I'm like, I didn't, I didn't want any of this. That's what Vic said, too. Vic said that him and his wife did a, a reality show, mm. and I said, how long did it take? And he was like, two months. And I was like, would you ever do it again? He goes, absolutely not. It's a thing. He goes, you have no control over the edit, and all of a sudden, the episode comes out, and they're focusing on one thing that you... You had no idea. Oh, yeah. And the entire episode is Michael Vick has a burping out loud problem. And he's like, dude, it sucked. Yeah. So you don't want to be on You've been in an edit. You know, like, what you can do. Not that that anyone's ever out to get somebody, but you know the capability that editors have with a room full of footage, and you can put this little music sting on it, and you can put this little slow mo down, and you make it look like this person's looking across the room, you cut away to this person. And they use a shot of me making a frowny face from like three hours later, but they put it there. 100%. Yeah. 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 All right. So you're afraid of hard knocks. I just don't want to be on it because it's so out of my control. Yeah, okay. All so, right. yeah. Derek right. Carr, great guy. I also don't want to live in Las Vegas. So, if he's my stepdad, like, moving forward, <laughs> I, just, I, just, I want to visit a Vegas. Vegas stepdad's a pretty funny combination, too. That's, that's a great name for, like, a Dennis Quaid Life movie. Life has lived off the strip, David. <laughs> Let's go to the Golden Nugget. All right, any other gripes? Uh, yeah, Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, um, they just seem like they'd be really excited to, like, play catch in the backyard. A lot of these guys would. Yes. But Kyler Murray with the baseball background, he'd have, like, a nice, like, slider to show you. Yeah, I, I, Kyler at 23 and Wilson at 10. I really, it's just about what you prioritize. And for me, playing catch in the backyard with my stepdad, I want it to be as optimal a catch experience as possible. So I I'm had a few of these guys, guys, like, I had luck very high. And then when I got done, he was at 11. Because I kept thinking about him with, like, overalls dropping me off at school. And being like, don't forget to tie your shoes. Love you. <laughs> Say it back. Like, I just, I started thinking about that. And, like... I thought about like Carson Wentz being like a chaperone at like a sophomore hop dance. That'd oh, be great. Yeah, but until he's like, come and dance with your dad. Don't be embarrassed. It's love. And it's like, no. I just, I thought about public embarrassment. And then what's funny is I get into like this. I got into like a Matt Ryan, Case Keenum right in the middle where I was like, they're kind of good. They're kind of whatever. I had Mahomes at 16. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Stepdads were hard. It's it's a tough one. And you know what? Like, it's up to you to to just create your own criteria, which yes. is why we have these lists. It's it's to uh, to spark some debate. My favorite thing, though, is I had I had one Seahawks fan write, I cannot believe that you have Russell Wilson behind Tom Brady. This list is stupid. They just get angry at that. And I'm like, the list is stupid <laughs> on purpose. I'm ranking quarterbacks as stepdads. Like... So many people get so hot and heated about it. And a lot of people are like, I appreciate the ones who are like, I don't know what stepdad rankings means. Awesome. 
<laughs> but the people that are just getting angry because they just see a list of quarterbacks and they just go, Jared Goff is a lot better than Mahomes. Man, I love you guys. People, they, they give me life. They just want to see rankings. I, I, rank, whoever created the idea of rankings yes. for, in terms of sports media, just like power rankings and top five this and top 20 this, just gave everyone hours and hours and hours of enjoyment. So thank you to that person. And you work there right now. Welcome to Bleacher Report. <laughs> uh, guys, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that with Mr. Michael Vick. Uh, we are going to try and get him on soon. He was awesome. Thank you to you, Mr. Ingber. Ingber's Hammer. <laughs> I think we need to create a segment of radio show bumps. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like fart noises and. If you like, if you like a podcast that punches you in the face, Kaboosh. listen to the Left Go Show. <laughs> uh, guys, we'll be back later this week with another podcast. I appreciate y'all so much. Uh, play that funky music as we get our way out of here. Uh, for David Ingber, do you have anything to say as we sign off? Just a lot of love to the fathers out there for Father's Day week. Oh yeah, did you get anything good? Oh my god, I got some new kicks. Did you? Oh, baby. All right. To all the dads, whoa, big dad season. We'll holla, holla, holla at you later. Peace.